we sound like happy mother's day to all the well i doubt i don't know how many mothers in the audience um but okay let me see third coast that's on you brother sigma makes quality control says no echo that's on you brother get better speakers thank you thank you everybody tell third coast get better speakers bro you throwing us off what's good with y'all man could somebody please please explain to me like a baby no no explain to me like a toddler that's never watched basketball right explain to me like somebody that uh is just just slow right explain to me why the houston rockets should sign james Harden to a max contract like somebody just explain explain that to me because y'all know my stance on this right y'all know my stance on the uh max Harden out thing I'm not not on that train and and um, definitely this game that we just saw it's not that I was judging him off of the games but the question I always had the question I always had with the James Harden situation was what value does he bring above the rest of the league that would make bringing him back on a max contract worth it and you notice I keep saying max contract. I'm not somebody that's totally opposed to bringing James Harden back. But if we're talking about basketball, it makes no sense. Now, if we want to talk about let's reduce the contract, let's negotiate some things, uh, you know, maybe he can come on a two year 80, two year 100. OK, we could talk because I see the value then. But logically, y'all know me. I like to think things all the way through. Not just making decisions off of emotion. I've been called a hater. I do not hate James Harden. I defended this man for over half a decade almost, right? I sat through multiple series where we just experienced the same thing that we just saw right now. And ultimately, in 2018, as we blew a lead at the halftime to the Golden State Warriors in a game seven, I made up in my mind that he's just not that guy. He's not that guy. Um, there's a certain level that players play to these, the guys, the guy, the people we call the guys that there's a certain mentality. There's a certain aggression. There's a certain attack that these dudes really try to um, come at the game, especially in high leverage situations. That's what separates every NBA player from the good players and what's and when the stakes are even higher that's what separates the good players from the great players it's the ability to do what you normally do regardless of context right if you're a guy that you can drop 40 on any team in a regular season then you should be able to do that if you're a good player in a playoff game and the great ones they can do it game six closeout game seven fourth quarter game on the line etc etc that's how you separate the thing about james is that there's a certain mental block that he has that stops him from overcoming that that inability to perform at the highest level and it is mental i don't know what it is you know how i know that it's mental because james's worst games aren't two for 30 or you know four for 30 you know, uh, six for, for 28, right? I would respect him more if he went out empty in the clip, 
go out there. You know what I mean? You you basically you're gonna go out. I I you know what I mean? That's I'm a Russell Westbrook fan, and y'all could you know people say all this stuff about him. He's inefficient. He makes bad decisions. One thing I would never say about Russ is that he's scared of the moment. That's the difference to me. Choking isn't going, you know, five for thirty, right? Choking isn't going for. That means you had a bad game. Now, if you go five for thirty every game seven, then you know you might. We might have to have a different conversation. But choking isn't going five for thirty. I mean, hell, Kobe had a lot of games where he shot bad, but that MF was emptying the clip because they know that you cannot pass up wide open layups and kick the ball out to DeAnthony Melton and PJ Tucker to try to get you to a championship, right? That's that's not what you do. That's not what stars do. That's not what Mike did. That's not what Tatum was doing. That's not what LeBron does. You feel me? When the game is on the line, when the series is on the line, this is where you need guys that are those guys to step up. And James is just not that guy. I mean, looking at the box score, it's apparent. Y'all peep this. Tell me if this sounds familiar. Tell me if this sounds familiar. James Harden, closeout game. Closeout game. This is a game for all the chip to go to the Eastern Conference Finals, right? To go to the Eastern Conference Finals. Bro played 40 minutes, only took 11 shots. He took 11 shots. Went three for 11, one for five for three. Got to the free throw line. Here's how you know James tripping. Got to the free throw line. Guess how many times? Twice. Sounds familiar? Two times. Free throw line two times. Six rebounds, seven assists, five turnovers. Five turnovers. Right? A minus 30. Second worst plus minus on the team. A minus 30, him and Maxi. And Maxi was the one carrying them in the first half. So I can't even put nothing on the kid. Right? Joel Embiid pissed down his legs as well. But at least he took 18 shots. Got to the free throw line only six times, but by the second half, Celtics already took their soul. So this is the James Harden experience. 40 in game one. I, I have a thing on Twitter. I posted that. I said, um, if y'all don't know, there's a thing with game one, James Harden. Like game one before the teams actually adjust to him. Uh, I mean, he's probably one of the best players in NBA history, but it's it's like a, a, a perfect um, negative correlation. If you, if you guys work with charts and stuff, you know how it slopes down? That's that's James' play, um, usually in a series. He surprised me with some of those 40-point games. So I actually bought in and gave him hope. I had hope for bro that he was going to do something. Um, but, uh, you know, he came up the way he did. I think it's it's mental. It's mental because he has, like, physically, dude only took 11 shots. It's mental. It's mental. There's no way you can tell me that he just loses his powers. I mean, we saw him almost lose a game to OKC in the boat. That, that would have ruined his career by, you know, like devastatingly, but he he kept it together and make some defensive plays towards the end of that. There's nobody that could tell me about James Hart. There's nothing y'all could, I know every play, I can see them all in my head. There's these kids on Twitter that call me hater. The same brain that I used to break down videos, I've break, broken down James Harden's game is, since his, his whole tenure in Houston, even in OKC, I was a fan. There's nothing nobody could tell me about James Harden's game. This is why I don't want him anywhere in Houston, bro.
I don't want this dude anywhere in Houston because somebody got to explain to me what is the benefit the Rockets are getting. What benefit are you getting? The only explanation I've gotten is mentorship. And hell, we can get that from George Hill, bro. Some of the greatest players in NBA history never had all NBA all-star level mentors. You don't need that. That's a uh, nostalgia excuse in my experience. So that's not a real reason. Some people say playoffs. I mean, it's almost there's 16 teams in the playoffs and only one of them had James Harden. So we know it's possible that a team could make the playoffs without James Harden. So is it worth us maxing out a player and and handicapping ourselves for the future? Is is that worth betting on one player to get us to the playoffs? I think not. So what is the I mean, what is the explanation? We need a good point guard. I mean, hell, if we don't get lucky and draft Scoot, there's a lot of guys on the market. You've seen me talk about them, right? We've talked about different different players that could give you a organizer on the team. So that excuse doesn't hold water. So what is it about the James Harden thing? It's nostalgia. It's nostalgia. If you look at any team in the NBA that's in our position, that's not really ready to compete, that's not ready to really take that leap yet, even though everybody says we're, we want to win, we want to make the playoffs, yeah, you say that. But this Rockets team couldn't run fast breaks, right? This Rockets team couldn't uh, couldn't fill the lanes right. They don't rotate right on defense. These are things that are bigger than a point guard. Coach Udoka has so much work to do this this um, this this offseason and this coming season to even teach them to get to a level of competitiveness that allows them to become a winner, right? That allows them to become a winner, and. It's going to take time. It's going to take probably this whole season. It's going to take this whole season. So my point of view from the Rockets has never been about the, like making the playoffs. I don't think we're ready for that. I'd be happy we were competing for a playing spot, and that'd be great progress. But if your assessment of this team is that adding James Harden is going to help them make the playoffs, then I, I got to disagree with you, bro. Like uh, To me, that's just bad a bad basketball team. The only way I can reconcile a James Harden-led playoff team is if we trade away a couple of the core pieces to get some real players in there. Because there's no world where James Harden takes the Rockets as is, even with supplemental players off the bench to the playoffs. Because in order to make the playoffs, you got to beat out other teams, right? It's not like you just, oh yeah, we've added enough players. Now we qualify for the playoffs. That's not how it works. You actually have to be better than other teams, other teams that are working out, other teams that are competitive, that have had prior experience, that have talented players, other teams that have other uh, players, they have young players, older players, they have a good coach that has been there for two or three years, other teams that have had continuity to the point where they're at. So if anybody is saying Harden takes us to playoffs and that's the only way, they're capping. That's cap. That's their emotions getting the best of them. That's them looking, uh, you know, through some past lenses of a player that has been on a decline over the past few years, low key. No cap. James Harden has been on a decline over the past few years. If you look at all his stats, they look okay. Obviously, the scoring has went down, but you look at his attempts at the rim, the, you know, frequent foul drawing frequency, um, his finishing at the rim, all of, the, to me, all of those are indicators of, of, you know, explosiveness, indicators of athleticism decline. Usually what you see from players phasing out, like really those rim attacks. And he's adjusted his game. And I'm not saying James wouldn't be a great player to help our, you know, our guys on the court and maybe even off the court if he makes friends with some of them. 
like the friends he makes in some of these other teams with these younger players, right? And, and help them learn how to how to work. Because one thing you're not going to take away from that man is that he can work. You don't get to the level of success he has in his career by being lazy. So there's a there's kind of a this this mischaracterization of his character. Like the dude is a worker. Like he he gets it in. It's just that there's other guys that do that. And to me, the price isn't worth what you're getting. He's not known for being a mentor. You ask any young player about a vet on their team, they're going to talk about them like they're damn, uh, you know, they're damn Michael Jordan, right? Because that's what young players see these guys, especially the Hall of Fame guys like Harden. Ask players about LeBron. Oh, LeBron, LeBron, LeBron. And he's the one that got him traded. So all of those clips that people show of guys from Brooklyn and, and Maxi talking about James, what are they going to say? Like, he's a bad, no, James is a, he's a vet and he's going to do what he got to do. But what the Rockets are trying to achieve isn't something that you can only get from a James Hart. Like, I just don't get the trade-off. To me, it doesn't make sense. Once again, my stance is going to stay consistent because I never judge Harden off of um, his, you know, these playoff games or his stats when he drops 40, when he plays like none of that matters. Because at the end of the day, at baseline during the regular season, you're going to get elite point guard play. Um, and, you know, basically he's going to just make your team better by his skill set. But I really don't care about his skill set. I don't want Harden to lead us to a play in. And so uh, 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 Jalen Green can get experience. No, I don't want Jalen Green to be a Maxi. I want Jalen to be a Tatum. I want Jalen to be a Brown, right? The young gun that's carrying the team on his back. I want him to get that experience on his own merits. I put a thing that I want a CP3 to come to Houston over Harden. And if 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 uh, we could like get CP3 on a cheap contract, maybe pay out his last year. I think he has like a partially guaranteed like 28 or 29 million then his uh next year in 24 25 is not guaranteed i take him because i'm not trying to make the playoffs i i want not based off of what james harden can do right i i really don't care what a vet is going to come and do and drag our team to the playoffs i want our guys to get it and the way they get it is by being empowered and emboldened to be front and center by somebody that's willing to change willing to take that role right somebody that's willing to take that role so i really don't care whether james harden and some vets can come to houston and get us to the playoffs over the a play in or a playoffs over the next two years because that's that's short term like y'all are looking at this very very like short term you're looking at the near future i'm looking at this five years from now i want to be where the celtics are at where we're going to the finals the conference finals the uh, semifinals every year and the way you don't you do that is not by bringing in a bunch of ringers to come in and, and get your guys there so they can be role players for some old vets right you bring in some guys to supplement their talent to help them develop and learn some guys that help contribute to winning but at the same time the main thing is still the main thing the goal is still the goal is to get Jalen Green Alperen Shangun, Jabari Smith Jr., Tari Eason, Kevin Porter Jr., get these guys we've invested all the end, whoever, hell, Wemby, Scoot, Brandon Miller, Amanta, whoever the hell it is, get them to a point where they are a self-sustaining dynasty. The road has to be paved by these young, young bucks. What we're trying to do, when you bring James Harden back, that's a different path. 
And and to me, if we're gonna get to the playoffs and he's gonna do what he just did, what's the point? What's the point? I'd rather Jalen Green go three for thirty in a first round exit than to be drugged to the playoffs by James Harden and for him to be expected and have our guys standing there like Maxi waiting for his kickouts for him to piss down his legs. I'd rather Jabari Smith go two for 20. I'd rather LP get destroyed on defense so we can know, okay, this is what we need to do, da, 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 da. But like this stuff about, you know, I the only world I would want him back is on a two-year contract, maybe a third-year team option. And a damn show can't be a four-year max. And I'd even be okay with front-loading his contract. Hell, I'm going to stay consistent. Give him 50, 60 mil if you want on the first year. Right? Give, give, him, give him two years, 100 mil, 50 mil a year. Let's go. Make that third-year team option. But this four-year max stuff, because I know that's probably what his camp is going to ask for. No parts. No parts. And if the Rockets do that, bro, if the Rockets are that, like, cowardice or whatever it is, scared, Stone is scared to lose his job, so he sees James as the only way to be able to um, not lose his job by getting somebody he thinks is going to guarantee a playoff appearance, well, then we got bigger problems, right? Because I don't see a smart GM in the NBA that's looking at Harden and being like, damn, yeah, let me give this guy $200 million. Like, I don't see it. I'm hell, Maury, who called them better than Michael Jordan, maybe reconsidering that. There's no way Daryl Maury is going to say that basically you have the world is yours, James Harden. You tell us how much you want and we'll, you can you can have it. If they have a brain trust at Philly, they're probably like, damn, bro, we got to OK, we got some answers. We got some questions we need to answer. We got some questions we need to answer. I'm not giving that guy a four year 200 million max. The Philly fans are about to flame him. Oh, y'all don't know about Philly, Philly, Boston, and New York. Their fan bases and their local sports radios, media coverage, sports media coverage, different, different. They they are about to this to destroy this man. They are about to destroy this man, bro. Because one thing about Houston, we're friendly, right? Houston fans are are friendly. The sports media is toothless. You know, not really a lot of. It's kind of friendly. Yeah, it's friendly. Let's call it what it is. The Houston sports media is really kind of cozy, right? Stars, you can come here. That's one of the appeals. You come here. There's no there's no world outside of Houston and smaller markets because we got a small, small market media that uh, James Harden could do all like perform the way he did over the years and survive and be there comfortable and then do what he did, how he exited here and still have a chance to come back. They might have got him out after the Spurs series if he was in New York or Boston or Philly, bro. That's how bad it is. Yeah, they 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 might have got him out already. He he wouldn't have even had a chance to pair up with Chris Paul and and, and Russell Westbrook. Like like they would have got him out. They would have got him out. It would have been so unten- untenable for him to be there. Like um so so our we are one of the few markets that'll somehow champion his return. And some people don't care if he gets a max. So we're we're pretty chill. But at the end of the day, one thing that I know, even while he was here, social media be, you know, has a lot of, you know, people that make you think a certain way in the streets of Houston, 
Boys was not messing with James Harden. I'm not going to lie. In the streets of Houston and barbershops at the bank, when you in the store, when you talking to the guy at the, you know what I mean, at the Walmart, you at the gas station, they've been stopped rocking with James Harden. It's a bunch of like younger fans on the internet that, you know, just like I was with uh, Steve Francis, I was a big fan. I love Steve Francis. Like, Steve Francis is my guy. <laughs> like, I don't care. I didn't care about his stats. You can tell me he was inefficient. So, I don't care, bro. That's Steve Francis. He, he gave us relevance when we were irrelevant, right? And that little gap took us to the dunk contest with him. You know what I mean? Him and Coutinho, those were my guys. And I'm sure that there's a, there's a certain age group of fans that have that with James Harden. And there's a certain age group of, that, of fans that have that with um with a uh, Kevin Porter Jr. Because you got to imagine when you're in a low place and a guy comes in, you know what I mean that that brings you excitement. For a certain age group, it does kind of create a bond. And James Harden has a bond with a certain age group of fans, not with me, bro. Like, cause I'm a Rockets fan. I'm not a James Harden fan. I'm a Rockets fan. I I'm a, I am a James Harden fan, but I'm a Rockets fan first. For all the players that have come through. Uh, and put on the jersey that has Houston on it. It's always the Houston first. It's always the Houston first. Players going to come and go. That city is always first. So as somebody that's looking out for, for our city, I, I don't want them. I don't want them. I don't want them. And if, you know, they're saying it's in the, basically it's going to happen. I'm curious to see if it does happen. If it does happen, what are the terms going to be? Because if it's if it's a max... I have no faith in our front office. I have no faith in our, like, if you're going to max after, after you saw that, then you're just basically like saying, please help us. We, we, we need help. So I don't know, uh, Rafael Stone, Patrick Fertitta, till anybody that's, if, if, if somehow, some way this reaches out to some, don't do it, man. Two years, three years, we can talk. We have leverage. We have leverage, so we have to maximize on that leverage. You know what I mean? This is this is the time to to show your chops. And for the argument that um uh oh well he's the only good player we can get cap. We said the same thing about the coaching, right? Oh, the Rockets, you know, we're trashed. I you know, I I've even said some of that. Like, bro, it's gonna be hard for us to get a coach. We got email you doke. So, so that tells me that the market is still lovely. So people are going to come pause. You know what I mean? Guys are going to want to come down to Houston and, uh, we shouldn't be really worried about, Oh man, James is the only player that's ever going to come here. Nah, bro. That's cap. People still want to come down to Houston. People still want to come down to Houston, man. It's still Houston. At the end of the day, it's still Houston. Hell, Harden wants to come back to Houston. So there's other players that would love to be in the city. I don't want to pay him $50 million. I don't want to pay him $50 million three years from now. And the scenario that keeps playing back in my head over and over and over and over and over again, the scenario that keeps popping up is you give him a four-year max. Cool. Next year, playing team. Cool. The year after that, you know, maybe an eighth, eighth seed, seventh seed, first round exit cool that's what two years from now is going to be Jalen Green's fifth year 
So you got fifth year Jalen Green, fifth year Alperen Shingun, fourth year Jabari, fourth year Tari Eason. If Kevin Porter is, is still here, he's gonna be damn near in the seventh year. You got um, you got Wemby, Scoot, one of these kids, third year. You got a third seed in the West. There's a juggernaut, OKC, right there, right? You got Memphis right there, if Josh still around. You got, you know, you got these young, young gun teams like us that's up there, like up there in contendership. And we got a $50 million dollar player that can't play in the playoffs. We can't compete with that, bro. You cannot compete with that. And people are like, well, you know, that's not a big deal. I take that. No, because in this NBA, you never know when your window is open. You never know when everybody gets hurt on your path to get into the finals. You never know when you get your shot in your fifth year as a star like Jason Tatum just did last year. You never know when that window is going to be open. And I'd rather have $50 million to go sign a player or bring in a player into my team that can help me win a ring when my guys are ready. Because also going on in that fifth year, fourth year, going to be the last years you're going to have these guys on rookie contracts. Right? Y'all know the whole thing with the uh, what the NFL tries to do with the teams. You get a good quarterback. If he's good and can take you to a championship, you build a championship defense around them while that quarterback is still on a rookie contract. Because if you don't do that, when they get paid, it's really hard to build a team around them. So that's, that's what my, the approach I'm looking like is like I rather use that $50 million to put bring in a wing or somebody that's gonna a big man, somebody that's gonna solidify what these young bucks got. So so that's that's what that's the scenario that keeps playing back in my head over and over. Like, damn, if 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 we are at the end of the day, we're gonna rely on Jalen Green and Jabari and Shangun and Tari to really lead us in the playoffs, then why the hell am I paying James Harden $50 million? Why am I paying him $50 million to just what? To piss down his legs in a game? You think he's going to be better at doing this, what, three years from now? You think his shot is going to be better or his rim attempts are going to be better three years from now? Right? You, th you think that co that contract won't look like John Walls did or, or Russell Westbrook or any of these albatross contracts that we see from, from players that, that, that were once great? You know what I mean? So... That's just what keeps playing. But I, I really, I don't want any parts of the James Harden sweepstakes for the max. Let Philly max him out if they want. If he is desperate to come down to Houston, then I'm, you know, we could work with him. Because once again, I'm not like, just like, oh, you know, like we can't have, like if he's a, he's a free agent, he's going to be the best guard in the free agent market. Let's not cap. But at the end of the day, just because somebody's the best guard or best player doesn't mean you just go get them and give them everything, especially when you're trying to build a team. You could do, you know, you have multiple paths in this, but at the end of the day, I don't really want even want to touch the James Harden uh, max thing with a 10 foot pole. Not after that, not after what I've seen from him over the past few years. He's not going back, guys. Harden dropping 50 points, 40 points. He can do that once in a blue moon. He can do that once in a blue moon. He's a great player. This dude is a Hall of Famer. He's a top 75 guy. That's why when, when people was going crazy, oh, he dropped 45. Bro, he, he, he can do that. The difference between, like, when a great player down phases and they start kind of going out of their prime, they get up once in a blue for a series. They can get up for a game. 
they can get up because that's in their DNA to do. But to ask for them to do that on a consistent basis, he's not going back. Seen the same thing with LeBron James. LeBron is not the same anymore. That 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 series against the Warriors, if that was three years ago, yeah, that, that would have been a five five game series. LeBron is is not the same, but you can all he can always turn up turn it up for one game. One game. The great ones can always show up. The difference with Harden is that he'll turn up in game one where LeBron turns it turns it on for a closeout game. That's the difference. That's the difference. That's the difference. And people could talk about Chris Paul. Chris Paul, his thing has been injury, and that's that's a whole separate matter. But as far as being a dog, my man ain't never been scared, bro. I don't care what they stats is. Russ, never scared. Bro, drop 50 inefficiently. I'm not going to be mad at you. At least you fought. Because I don't want P.J. Tucker taking the shots that's going to send my team to the, to the finals, bro. I don't want to rely on De'Anthony Melton or George George Niang or whoever the players are on there, bro, to take me to the finals. That's not who I'm going to rely on. Live and die by your stars. That's how it happens, bro. That's how it happens. That's how it happens. Steph, same thing. Live and die by your stars. Giannis, same thing. If you're going to go out, go out 0 for 50. At least live with yourself. Right, live with yourself after and say, "Damn, I got to get better at shooting," but not even trying, bro. Like this man took eleven shots, man, in the closeout game. This man took eleven shots. This man took eleven shots. Went to the to the uh, free throw line two times, bro. That free throw stat is the most glaring to me. Like that's the most glaring. That's the most glaring. Yeah, Doc Rivers is 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 a terrible coach. You know that game really swung when um, they started attacking uh, Joel Embiid. They started attacking Joel Embiid, switching. He's switching Joel Embiid on on on, uh, on on Tatum, and Tatum proceeded to drop like thirty straight points. And instead of adjusting to it, he waited till the game was twenty some points out of hand before they started bringing the late trap or the late double. So. Once again, just to show you guys, like a big man is a big man is a big man. Like the rim protection is there, but it's only in context of a, of a defense. Like if a, if a team wants to hunt you, they're going to hunt you. And this is going to take them to Shangun point. All that talk about Shangun needed to be like a team or some. You don't, bro. It's your defense. Roster flexibility. Hey, Shangun, you're being hunted by blah, blah, blah. You're going to sit. Jabari, you're playing the five. That's it. Right? You're our MVP for the season. Jabari, you're playing the five. Or, Shango, we're going to trap him with you and whoever the guard is. That's it. So, y'all, I'm glad y'all got to see this in real time. For all these people that are are, are having uh, orgasms about defensive bigs, it's still, it's a team. De- defense is a team concept. It's a team concept, no matter how good you are defensively. They were hunting Anthony Davis. He held up when it counted, but they were hunting him. Big men are going to get hunted. But your team has to protect that big because especially when they bring other things to the table. Now, obviously, the difference between AD and uh, all the other players is that they're elite, elite rim deterrents. The point is that 
a team a team build is always more important in the playoffs than anything else having roster flexibility ability to see a player getting getting harassed and saying you know what all right bro we gonna move you here you're gonna come in for this blah 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 you know what i mean okay vando you're gonna play some five no lebron you're gonna play some five okay we're gonna do some lineups where ad is the only big on the floor with some shooters like having the flexibility to be able to do stuff like that that's what really matters in building your team out incredibly well you know what i mean so so that 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 is really really what it came down to and doc rivers like i don't know what he was on bro i think he's literally trying to get fired like <laughs> i think he wants to get fired but i mean look they were look at the celtics i mean the uh the 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 philly just just trash bro like tyrese maxi 17 points tobias harris 19 points Joel Embiid, 15 points in a closeout game. James Harden, nine points. Nine points in a closeout game to go to the Eastern Conference Finals. Nine points in a closeout game to go to the Eastern Conference Finals. Let's check out the Celtics. Jason Tatum, 51 points. Goon. Jalen Brown, 25 points. Goon. Al Horford. Only had six points, but was had Embiid in hell. Hell. In hell. Couldn't do anything. Malcolm Brogdon off the bench, 12 points. Off the bench, scored more points than James Harden. My God. My God. That boy off the bench scored more points than James Harden. That is crazy. Between the two best players... On the Celtics, between the two, their two best players, they took, let me see, 28 shots and 19 shots. They took 47 shots between the two best players for the Celtics. That's what's up, bro. That's how you do it. Let's check out Philly. Between their two best players, they took 29 shots. Between Harden and Embiid. 47 versus 29. 29 shots. Jason Tatum by himself took 28 shots. Jason Tatum by himself took 28 shots. To the combined shot total of 29. So Jason T uh, Harden and Embiid together in the closeout game to go to the Eastern Conference Finals only took one more shot than Jason Tatum. Some guys just built for the moment, bro. I don't want that, but I don't want it, man. I don't want it. I don't know. What is he going to tell Jalen Green, bro? Like, oh, yeah, I'm going to get you to the playoffs. And once you get there, bro, you got it. You you on your own. Why the hell am I paying him then? If I'm going to pay a guy 50, he better. T hell, that better be a somebody. That's a championship uh, uh, check, man. We better be like all in like we trying to win a chip. I'm not giving a guy 50 over four years just for mentorship. Hell nah. If, if I'm going to still have to rely on my young guys to do it when it matters in the end, if he's not going to even, even give us a shot when we do get in the playoffs, hell nah, man. Nah, nah. I'll give that money to Pat Bev, bro. Give, break that up over Pat Bev, over, you know what I mean, Brooke Lopez. Get, get some guys. Break that 50 up. 20, 20, 10. Give me three guys that I can be done with in about two or three years. Pause. You know what I mean? Give, give me those guys. You know what I mean? We can make something out of that. Then when my guys is ready, I'm going to kick them the money. 
then bring in an another stud to come and add to the core. Let's do that. Let's do that instead. Because if I'm relying on Jalen Green to do it, then why am I paying a guy just to get me there? Like, like what are we doing? Over the next few days, and, and you know what I mean? Over the next few days, Kelly Eco already dropped this article. You're going to see a lot of buzz from Rockets, from Harden's camp, swooning over each other. You're going to see a lot of buzz about people uh, basically re revising what we just saw. A lot of guys are going to be pulling stats from the regular season about how James Harden led the league in assists, which he did. But leave out the fact that he passed to Joel Embiid more than any other player passed to another player in the NBA. Joel Embiid was a big chunk of those assists. Who's going to be Joel Embiid on the Rockets? It's easy to feed people when you're giving the ball to a stud, right? Who's Joel Embiid on the Rockets? Who's going to generate that much pressure for the defense? Who's going to be the guy? Got to think about that when you're making your evaluation. The context we've evaluated James Harden been has been Nets next to Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. And Philly next to a, a guy that could have been a multiple-time MVP in Joel Embiid and a veteran-laden team. Who's going to be that guy? Because now what's going to happen when he comes to Houston is that he's going to be that guy. James is. And that's a player that I haven't seen in about three years. That's a guy I haven't seen in three years. Not on a consistent base. Not over a five game stretch. Right? We're not even talking about the injuries. Keeley's. Lower leg injuries, the soft tissue injuries, been piling up over the years. We're not even talking about that. We're, 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 we haven't even got there yet. That's the guy that we're going to give $200 million to. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I hope Rafael Stone re kind of reimagine what this season is going to look like after uh he has signed uh they signed Ime Udoka because um to me that changes everything right you have a coach that's the most important part you have a coach honestly for the sake of Ime I want him to have the ability to build his own structure and culture from scratch so he doesn't have to rely on pressures to get hard in the ball or we have to do this and this year. To me, it throws off the groove of everything, man. Just let these guys develop, bring in players that will would would uphold them in the forefront while supporting them, not players that are going to take away from them, even though they're still helping them. There's a difference in bringing in a guy to be a vet, to put those guys, our guys in front and let them learn to be NBA professionals to be winners in the league, learn how to be, you know, do the right thing on and off the court, learn how to close out these games, learn how to do all those things. Right. And, the, and, and, and letting them get the full experience of having the burden of shouldering an NBA team on a night to night basis. And there's another difference in when you bring in a guy that's going to basically 
be your 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 offensive universe that everybody is going to go around. Now, there's some players that's going to be beneficial for a guy like Jabari. Yeah, that's 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 money. Right. But we have such a unique mix of talent. That to me, like. It would have to be almost like you have to part ways with some guys, right? To bring in enough vets to make it make sense. You'd have to part ways. That's the only way I see it. That's the only way I see. It. Like you, you can't, you can't, uh, you can't just say, "Oh yeah, we're gonna compete with this core and James Harden." Like we're not that good. We're not that good. There's so much going on in the NBA, and if if anything hasn't taught you anything, I mean, they fired Monty Williams. He was literally the feel-good story of the NBA just like last year or the year before that. They fired him. Suns are talking about moving Aiden and Chris Paul. Who knows what's going to happen with the Warriors? Milwaukee fired their coach. Who knows what happened with that team? New York is on the fringe. Who knows? The NBA, I keep telling y'all, man, it's ever-changing. You can't get set into one mind frame. The most valuable thing the Rockets have right now is flexibility. And to me, don't ruin that. Do not ruin flexibility by trying to rush something that's not ready. You let the natural progression happen. There's signs of a team that's ready to make that jump and we're, we haven't shown it yet. To me, I believe that this coming season, they're going to show the prerequisite signs to compete, to contend for a playing playoff spot. You're going to see the the little the blip. We're like, damn, okay, they ready. You're going to see that run. It might be in the second half of the season. We saw a little glimpse of it. But they just couldn't get there. You're going to see that run this season to show them they're ready. Then bang, you're going to see in 24-25. Y'all trust me. 24-25, that's the year. That's the year where it's all going to come together. This year is going to be a up and down year that we have coming up because the guys got to learn what Coach Udoka likes. They got to learn the offense, the defensive uh, schemes, where to be. They got to learn uh, his personality, how he expects it. There's going to be some some abrasive stages to this. Guys are going to be unhappy. People are going to be mad. The fan base is going to be mad. All of that, there's going to be ups and downs throughout this process. That's going to happen this coming year. This is this year that we're about to have is like the, I keep using, I, I, I got to look this up. I forgot what the what the what is it called? It's like the it's a uh, theory of change or whatever it is. It's probably some real generic. I got to look it up. It's like storming and norming phases. I, I think it's like the stages of a change before you can make a change. There's going to be a storming phase where everybody gets adjusted to new roles, new expectations. This season is going to be storming. It might take half a season, it might take the whole season. And that 24, 25 season, that's when it's all going to click. Everything's going to come together. So I think that Tillman needs to be patient. Patrick needs to be patient. Stone needs to be patient. And just let the rebuild keep doing what it's doing. Like, keep let it keep building up the steam. You never know who's going to be open. Well, you got that cap space. Use that money wisely, right? Keep, keep that flexibility. Sign guys on short contracts, two-year contracts. Give a vet that, needs, that wants to be a vet. Give them a two-year contract. Oh, this guy's available. Oh, Jalen Brown does one out. Oh, this J- Mikael Bridges. Oh, this player, that player. You don't know. John Moran is open and we can rehabilitate him. Oh, SGA. The, the. Oh, yeah, we got. Okay, we got uh, Pat Bev on a 20 million dollar contract. We got this player on a 20. Oh, yeah, we'll trade him. 
bang, 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 let's do this. Or yeah, we got free agency. These dudes are all expiring. Let them expire. We taken we 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 open this summer. We ready to sign that piece to help us content. That should be the goal. That should be the goal. Flexibility. You can thread this needle of trying to be competitive by supplementing with lower tier vets and then uh, also threading the needle of development by letting your young guys be the kind of the key catalyst to us getting to that winning stage. And as those things are happening together, you're going to be progressing because naturally the players are going to have internal development. They're going to develop just by being an NBA. Guys are going to show out, get better, et cetera. This is not even counting who we're about to draft, right? In, in two days, we're going to find out who we're about to draft. Do we need the draft to, to get to the championship? I honestly don't think so. But hell, depending on if we get one or two, that, that I mean that'll that'll solidify some things. But but the draft coming up is, is gonna be important. So that also would also give you some insight as to what you do. But I do not, once again, I do not want a max maximize or ma- give James Harden the max. It it would be just the dumbest thing ever. Like, I can't imagine just team GMs looking like, oh, yeah, let me throw 200 million at this guy. 200 million. You know what? I, I was sick of Migs. I was worried about the draft, uh, but I'm not anymore. I really, you know what I mean? You just make it make it do what it do, right? You get the players you get and you, you make it work. I keep looking at these playoffs and, you know what I mean? It's not just a bunch of number one picks all leading their teams to, to victory, right? Jimmy Butler best player on a on a on their team right you know i mean not a number one pick i don't think he's in the lottery uh Jokic, not a number one pick you know tatum was a number three pick lebron obviously was number one i think ad was like one or two but you know i mean the, the guys that were just finishing out this round the jalen brunson's of the world uh, uh the steph curry's of the world um these guys weren't number one picks like if you're a good team just draft and develop your guys and just live with the results so we, we'll take whatever we can get. We, we can take all the good vibes. We can take all the good vibes. But, you know, I that, I just wanted to get that out there, man. I've been consistent with my stance. Y'all can't say I wish wish it washed. I'm not the guy that's, oh, like, oh, James dropped 45, bring him back to Houston. Nah, bro, that's short-sighted. Oh, he had two points. Don't bring... No, I'm still the same. I don't care if he scored 100 points. Either that man takes a short contract or I don't want him at all. Then real quick for B goes, free agency, free agency class, LeBron James, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard. This is the one after this year. Anthony Davis, Ben Simmons, Drew Holiday, Brandon Ingram, Jamal Murray, Chris Paul, Clint Capella, Malcolm Brogdon, Miles Turner, Lonzo Ball, Bojan Bogdanovich, Tim Hardaway Jr., Evan Fournier, OG Ananobi, Derek White, Jonathan Isaac, Laurie Markinen, Davis Bertansk, KCP, Luke Kennard, Stephen Adams, Marvin Bagley, Devontae Graham, PJ Tucker, Terrence Mann. Larry Nance Jr., Alex Caruso, Daniel Tice, Gary Payton II, Kavon Looney, TJ McConnell, uh, Jayshon Tate, Ricky Rubio, JaVel McGee. Like, bro, just one year. We can wait one season. This cl- The 25 class is, is much, much better of a free agency, free agency class. And people are like, well, those guys aren't going anywhere. Just y'all see the NBA is so fluid that, have, you know, maybe half of them aren't available, but you never know. You never know. That's why as every year comes out, I want to have maximum flexibility uh, to be able to get the class after that, which is going to be the uh, the second year of James Harden, $50 million contract. Steph Curry, Jimmy Butler, Kevin Durant, Giannis, Rudy Gobert, SGA, 
Aiden, Tatum, Donovan Mitchell, Bam Adebayo, Darren Fox, CJ McCollum, Jairus Randall, Jaron Jackson Jr., Jalen Brunson, Anthony Simons, John Collins, Terry Rose. Like, come on, bro. Mikael Bridges, Aaron Gordon, Jared Allen, Marcus Smart. Y'all just got to wait. Y'all just have to wait. Like, that flexibility is going to be so crucial to have if you can just, just temper your expectations for the team for one season and then just play the market. You might just get lucky. The guys might just be that good that they get you there mm-hmm. on their own. Yeah, shout out to all the mothers out there, all y'all, y'all's wives, uh, girlfriends that they have, children, all the women that are mothers in y'all's lives. Um, y'all, shout out to all of them. Um, instead of being with them, you guys are here with me uh, watching uh, a live stream on basketball. You all are terrible. If you if you have a wife or a mother, that's a mother in your in your family. You're here watching. You should spend time with her. Don't be on the chop shop watching uh, watching uh, us talk about James Harden. You guys are all sickos. But appreciate all y'all, man. Uh, CSGs, you know, like Space said, we all we got, man. Y'all tune in Tuesday, and we will be there with you for the Wemby sweepstakes. So shout out to all y'all.